Hello and welcome to In Star Trek We Trust. This week we will be discussing Star Trek Nemesis and checking in on the crew of The Next Generation when we last saw them in live action before the premiere of Big God. Alright. No, no, it's fine. Again? No, no, we're not. But now we said that, now we go. Yeah, so. No, it's fine. It's okay. I think it just makes it more genuine. Okay. <laughs> I like this loose direction we've been going in lately. Fenzel's appreciated. It's not like the uh, pros that we are. No, we are so pro, it doesn't matter what. That, that doesn't even matter at this point. Okay. Yeah. So, and you are? I am Ethan. And I am Kevin. So I concur. So, uh, getting into it. So, um, as of this as of this recording, they were about five days away from the premiere of Picard. There's obviously a lot of um, stuff surrounding it. It ties into a lot of previously established Trek lore. Um, most notably, hmm. um, lore. Yeah. Uh, most notably, the last next gen film, which was uh, Star Trek Nemesis, and so we assume it will. We assume. I mean, we we. I mean, the last time we saw these characters, yes. I mean, there is some connection. It's. I think the the question is, what is the level of connection? There's definitely a connection there, but mm-hmm. how much is it going to be tied in to it? Um. So. I but, think one thing maybe to talk about that you may know more about than I do that might probably. be interesting is... Thanks. Is, um, <laughs> so I was checking out some... I was reading up a little bit on the film. Yep. And I read that this was planned to have a sequel... It was. ...that would have followed these story threads. Some yep. of them. Yep. Including Data, of course. Yep. Including um, the marriage of Troy and Riker. Mm-hmm. And I guess that would be it. I think at the time there were different directions that they were going to go with it. Um, which was interesting because even though they had wanted to do a sequel, they were at, Paramount was advertising this movie as a generation's final journey. So they were advertising it as being hmm. the final next generation film. And I, even maybe, before it didn't make a lot of money. Oh yeah, I mean that was the. That was the slogan in all the commercials. That was it was on a couple of the posters. Like it was, yeah, it was advertised as the final next gen movie. It's odd, right? Because um, yeah, they they, but what I understood, they set this up as like a well, Spock. I think, You're gonna kill Data. And I we're think bring it back. I, I think the hope was that they could do a sequel, but if it was successful, but if not, then you know it can be written to be the last one. So it kind of. It kind of serves two. It's kind of meant to serve two purposes in such a way, um, but yeah, I do remember after seeing it when it first came out. You know, a lot of the chatter online was saying, "So what are they going to do next? Are they going to do the search for data? I would right? watch. Are they going to do something like that?" Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was it was, but every fan knows the film did not succeed when it came out. I think it was the least profitable of all of the Trek films. It came out the same weekend as Lord of the Rings: Two Towers. Well, that what didn't I help. what I remember was it opened. Star Trek movies traditionally opened at number one, right? So this opened at two. number two. It opened second to um, what the hell was that movie? Made in Manhattan. Okay, so then I've heard two conflicting things because yeah. I heard it's a. I did hear it came in second to Made in Manhattan. I yeah. also heard that it came out the same weekend as 
Lord of the Rings Two Towers. I think it was the week after or the week before. Okay. Um, but Both also, and one of the Harry Potter films had come out at this at that time as well. Okay, so yeah, so, they had two newer franchises that they were competing. And with. so there was all of this more excitement. You know, and before we sort of get into what our thoughts on the film really are, like you know, it's really sort of reconstructing what the kind of uh, environment at the time was because. Christmas season had always traditionally belonged to Trek films. That's when they generally release them, and that's when they traditionally did really well. And I think, and you know, this discussion like, well, if Harry Potter and that and Lord of the Rings hadn't come out, would it have been a successful? I mean, who knows? But that was also really sort of the beginning, I think. This is 2002. That was sort of the beginning of these big film franchises right i mean you, these big tentpole franchises that studios had i mean you had lord of the rings you had harry potter like suddenly there were like these yeah. new kids on the blog that you kind of, of knocked track phantom out of menace had come out by this point um, i mean it's phantom menace and uh, attack of the clones right several months back but yeah, yeah. um so this was really the beginning of like i think of like sort of sci-fi and fantasy sort of really taking off and going into franchise going into taking off and evolving into franchises outside of Star Trek and Star Wars, the ones that were sort of most traditionally associated yeah. with And then Yeah. So then we and I think we're only a couple of years away from Batman Begins. Yeah, about two and a half years, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. was another like clear big moment in But also the thing about the thing franchises. about this is that even the state of the Trek franchise at the time was not it, the state was it, it was not in good shape. I mean, right. Um, Enterprise was kind of languishing on TV, um, and you know the last film, Insurrection, had done okay, but it hadn't. It wasn't a huge, huge success critically. It wasn't, it wasn't a massive beloved. success, um, but also it wasn't. It didn't do it, it. I mean, it made money. It just didn't make as money much money as First Contact. Critically, the reviews were somewhat mixed, and um, so. There was that, and then you had, again, Enterprise on TV at the time in the second season, sort of, and beginning to languish. And there was this feeling of, that's where that term franchise fatigue had come in. You know, Voy- you know, the feeling was like Voyager was sort of, when Voyager was coming to an end, it was sort of like, okay, it's, you know, it's Trek, in other words, like Trek had kind of gone past its best days. It was felt at the time. Yeah, so rather yeah. than going out on a high note, they were kind of just limping to the end. And, well, and I also think that, and and at the time, this was also the longest gap between films. I mean, traditionally, it was two years, sometimes two and a half, three, but this was four years since Insurrection, and so I don't want to say people like weren't really clamoring to have them back. It just it took a while for this movie to to get made for some reason, and I think there was even there had even been a belief that Insurrection was going to be the last one. Huh. Yeah. Well, Picard had already done an X-Men or two X-Men movies maybe by this point. Picard. Uh, he had story. done... Uh, the first one had come out. The second one was coming out that <laughs> following summer. So I wonder if maybe he was otherwise occupied to get this done, scheduling-wise. Perhaps. I mean, and I, this was probably around the time Patrick Stewart began to really sort of break out of the... Break out and become more well-known just beyond Trek. And, you know, because I can remember at a time saying Patrick Stewart and people were like, who the hell is that? Right. Yeah. 
So yeah, once he was Professor X, then I was like, oh my god, he can do two franchises and do well. right. And people didn't realize that. So oh, he's just a really, really good actor. There are a lot of theories about why the movie. There have always been a lot of theories over the years as to why the movie didn't do well, and I just think that, um, and everybody has their own theories as to why it didn't do well. But I think for me, it was just, um, it was clear to me with this movie at that time that it was. It felt like it was tired. You know, I often wonder, like, had this been, had this come out in place of Insurrection, would it have fared better? The formula felt tired at that point to me. There was just yeah. something about it that felt... It's yeah. funny. So here's one of the things that feels tired. Because I can remember how I felt back in No. 2 when I saw it. Yeah. So one of the things... Um, this is funny because I, re- I did see this film in theaters also. And I know that because... You did or you didn't? I did, because did. I came in late, and I came in during the stupid Argo scene. <laughs> right. And um, right. I remember even walking in and thinking... What the hell am I watching? What the hell? Did I walk into the wrong movie? Why do they have a dune buggy? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. They yeah, have you're like... Shuttlecraft you're like fly. You're like, Star Trek isn't about... Star Trek isn't car chases. They don't have is. tires. Oh, yeah. And that <laughs> they was, that don't was, have tires. That, that's the... To me, that's the weirdest part of the movie. Yeah. yeah, and it seems almost like, well, you know, we got to make it exciting for the youth. <laughs> like some executive decision that's really, right. really bad. And I don't know how well known Tom Hardy was at the time. I think he had already done Black Hawk Down, but I don't know <laughs> how. Part, though. No, don't he wasn't know. known, but yeah. I mean, Tom Hardy is a fantastic actor, and I think he's fine in the role. Yeah, I think he does it well. He plays villainous well, especially like the sort of. Casual, disdainful villainy right. is nice, right? And I, um, I, have, I really, really like to. But at, now, and at the time, I do. Again, I do. <laughs> it, it's difficult for a lot of these things to remember what remember what it was like then, because you know, some will say, you know, Next Generation is the best Trek series of all time. But it's like, well, but when it first came on, people seem to forget that not everybody liked it. Um, but I can, I remember when Nemesis came out, and I remember the people not liking it at all. Hmm. And, um... Well, here, let me tell you what I find tired about it. Yeah. But I don't know if it should feel tired. It's the villain with a black spiky ship. The villain yeah, in black like everything black looks everything ship. Everything looks villain Yeah, but, but I like feel like... Cheesy, yeah, yeah. But I feel like it's films that came after Trek films that more did that. Even the Abrams film had the villain in black oh the uh, black ship the um in in into darkness the uss and it was called the uss vengeance it's like starfleet wouldn't name a ship (laughs) the vengeance so i can't tell if that was actually tired you don't name it you don't name your starship exploring strange new worlds the uss vengeance right right but had there been other villains all in black with black spiky ships or did this start that for trek i mean the borg weren't spiky but they're black it was definitely villainous when they were in their lair yeah um yeah because like oh that's because that means you're evil with a black sh- spiky ship and, you know. Um, but, so, we we watched this movie again, um, sort of in preparation for Picard. And, um, despite my feelings on the movie, I've always felt like it's, it's definitely a, one of the weaker Trek films, in my opinion. But I still find it to be totally watchable. Like, there's no, it's not like it's, it's not horrible. I, I can agree. watch it. I found it to be very watchable. I didn't even. Um, it's just know, not the best. It. It's just not the best. It's not like remember when I was talking about when I watched Generations, and I it took me so many f times to get through it. Yeah, that's this, I just watched this from beginning to end. That surprises me. I, I don't know why. I, oh, I find so Generations time. totally watchable too. <laughs> yeah. That was hard, much harder than this. Wow. Um, 
Yeah. But, yeah, so I, it's... Here's the thing. Mm. Uh, when you, when you, I don't like films when they have a central singular villain. Yeah. Unless they can make the villain, like, you can relate or understand their motivation. And yeah. I feel like they tried really, really hard to make this villain have something more than just, I'm a villain. Mm. And yet, it somehow didn't work with all the groundwork that they laid. And this is why I think, like, Khan, known, of course, is the greatest villain in Trek. Um... But you could un- he had a point like you could understand his whole motivation right and and, and you I, could even side with him and another villain I think in Trek that doesn't get enough credit is General Chang in Star Trek Six mm. played by Christopher Plummer like because he didn't start out as the villain he sort of the storyline drove him to become the villain but he wasn't villainous in the beginning right and he was villainous because he was protecting his way yes of life which right. made it more interesting right yeah um, but. The feeling with Nemesis at the time, and for a long time, I don't know if this feeling still exists, but it was it was felt that that was Next Generation's attempt to try to make their own version of the Wrath of Khan. Which one? Nemesis. Oh. Which? Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a personal connection with the villain in the in personal the connection. When Data dies, he transfers himself into <clears throat> B four, and so B four has all of Data's memories. It's like when McCoy gets off. It's when like when McCoy gets Spock's Katra and. There are all of these similar things, but what I like what you said, and I hope we can discuss this first. You said to me that you felt like there was no theme. Yeah, so like Wrath of Khan had a theme. They were all they were aging, they were getting older, and and it was all represented by Kirk having to wear glasses. Yes, yes. So I yeah, I wanted to find a theme, and so I thought at first when um, Picard first came on screen at the wedding, which by the way he looks damn good in those. Dress whites or whatever the hell he was wearing. Oh yeah, just really suited. They him. wear them in um, they wear them in insurrection too. They're lovely. Yeah. Um, so he says his first line, dress uniforms. His first line is solemn duty. And I'm like, okay. I think his first line is just duty. It's not solemn. I duty. think it's solemn duty. No, but. it's duty. Um, I'll die. I'll die on this hill. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's solemn duty. Look. <laughs> All right, we'll find we're gonna, out. We're gonna check when this ends. We'll settle that out. later. Uh, tweet us the answer. Stay tuned on Twitter. Um, well, by the time they see this on Twitter, we'll have had the answer I know, already. I know. <laughs> a little humor. Um, all right, so solemn duty, right? So then, okay, that doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> so then I'm thinking unity and peace mm. uh, and change. So then I had this idea, right? Picard is, see if this goes anywhere. He's overseeing the wedding. Like, his crew is moving on. He's not. So there's like, the crew is changing and, and going in new places, and he's not. He's staying right there. And he's like, God, oh, Data's going to be my number one now. Ha, ha, ha. So well, it's hold like, on, hold change. on. Before you continue with that, yes. can I just say, this is why I'm, I. this is why I think Picard stayed a captain for a long time. There's a scene, there's a line between him and Kirk in Generations where Kirk says, don't let them promote you. Don't let them transfer you. Don't let them do anything that takes you off the bridge of that ship. And you think he took that to heart? And I've always felt like Picard has followed that advice. That makes or sense. Or in the real, the writers have followed that advice. That makes sense. Um, however, in Picard, it seems like he's a uh, admiral at this point. But anyway. So, right, so we get the change. So I get two already. Yep. Solemn duty, and then um, change versus, you know, staying stagnant. So then... Say that one more time. 
change versus solemn duty. Solemn duty. That's one day you say. Beverly. Um. Number one, do a number two. So then it comes up. Duty versus personal feelings comes up. Mm-hmm. When Shinzon is saying, all I have are my feelings. Yeah. And Picard's saying, duty. Right? So then yes. we got that. Yeah. Now... Then we've got a whole like nature versus nurture argument happening right. between Shinzon and Picard, where I'm you. But you wouldn't call that a theme. Ah, uh, they don't think they do anything with it. They don't mm-hmm. go anywhere with it. It's not. It's it's you know. But you. But I think you also identify. But I think you kind of identify. Wait, a, more. a mirror. Yeah. Well, obviously. Uh, nature versus nurture. So um, I didn't find a theme around there, but I think it had to be in one of those. I ideas. think, but I think you kind of identified a theme initially. You said. I mean, not by name, but you had said everybody's moving on, and he's staying where... I mean, change. I mean, as stupid as it sounds, yeah. Yeah, but then it, it, I feel like that was, didn't continue through enough to be a theme. You know, well, you know why? Why? Because they... Cut off 35 minutes? Well, yeah. Because there were, there, were, there were scenes at the end of the movie that told you Beverly's leaving to go to Starfleet Medical. Like, there were scenes... She of always step- She left once. There was Did she? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Season two. Right. I know. No, but there, there were there were key scenes that <laughs> okay, showed you. Good. So, like that's sad. Like, um, right. Well, you know why? Because the guy, the 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 guy who directed this, the fucking guy who directed this, excuse me, didn't know a thing about Trek. Didn't watch any episodes of Next Generation, so he didn't fully understand oh. the. Let me guess. He was a Dune buggy enthusiast, the, though. Well, his name is Stuart Page. He's a fantastic film editor. Yeah. But um, he wasn't on a Trek first. He's really good at editing action scenes, as that moment proved. Um, I didn't find the So, like, had that had this movie been directed by Jonathan Frakes, like the last yes. two, we would have had those moments. I mean, to your point, you said to me, "Is Wesley in this movie?" And is, I said, "Yeah, he's at the wedding. He just has and no I lines. Said, yeah, he have they cut they right? cut all of his lines. Yeah, like so what does that tell you? So he's just there in the you know. You know, is there an assembled director's cut or not even a director because the director didn't want it, but an assembled like master cut? No, I mean there's a there's deleted no, scenes. they just deleted scenes. That's a bummer. Bonus, the real as far as I know, I don't think. Well, uh, now I need to see though because I I would like for that to be the idea. Everyone's moving on except for him, and that I would love to see that tied into with Picard. No, I don't think they. Series. As far as I know, they have not done a cut of this film with all of these scenes reinserted. Okay. Where they should go. Okay. So. Another thing that I found interesting if we're looking big picture is, so you've got, of course, the parallels between um, Picard and Shinzon and then Data and B4. Yeah. Where they each have other versions of themselves. Right. Which was interesting, although I didn't feel like they utilized it enough. No. I didn't yeah. either. Like, the it's established in the film that B4 was left there from by Shinzon to lure Picard there. But then it raises all these, these other questions. Like, well, where the hell did you get it? Where'd you, where'd you get him from? Right. How did they know? Because here's yeah. another thing. So he knew... He must have known them very well. The, mm. the crew and all their, you know, things that make them tick. Because if you think of Data, if we go from, like, Measure of a Man and then that episode with... I can't think of the name of Those little tool droids that he thinks are alive. Yep. Exocomps. Yes. Yep. So with those, so there's been this theme going throughout. Like, Data's looking for yeah people like him and his brother Lore, of course. 
right. wants to find other life forms we'll like see. himself. So this is a perfect setup for him exactly. But how would they know? The thing that? is, don't you think it would have made more sense if that was lore instead of before? Like, what if that was lore that, that they found? Mm. Yeah, it would have been. I think it would have been a much deeper cut. Yeah, how they make a positronic brain? Yeah. Well, B four is the prototype. Right. Right. So they found the actual. But see, prototype. this is where we get into the whole. How can Spock have a sister? We never. If we, if we didn't, it's like, for the longest time, it was established that it was just data and lore, and suddenly now there's this third one. Well, that was never mentioned before. What the you know? Oh yeah, but we didn't know everything that he did. Well, we didn't. Right, but we same, same. goes with Spock. <laughs> what yeah. I'm saying is, right, people so disputed that. Okay. And they disputed this, yeah. but. Yeah, so I think mm. they may have established it that he, what, was like hacking into their system. That's how he knew all about them. Yeah. But he yeah. knew all, all, all about them. Right. Like, very personal stuff. Right. So that yeah, was surprising. Mm. You know, I think the movie really, I've got to say, like, I think it's a fairly strong film in the within the first maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, actually, it, like, it sets up the intrigue with what's going with on with all in these intrigue. These this intrigue when they find before, I actually like that scene a lot when Picard's having dinner with Shinzo and they're discussing. Because at that point, you're thinking to yourself, like, you know, as a viewer, you're like, well, I know he's the villain because all the prom- all the trailers tell me that. <laughs> right. All the trailers are telling me this, but you you get this sense at that point, like, well, what's what's going to happen to make him? And yeah. then suddenly they're in sick bay, and then he just gets beamed off, and Shinzon does this full one eighty. Goes, oh, yes. I was lonely. and you're just like, wait, what? Because at first he's trying to figure him out, he's trying to understand him, yeah. and all this, and then yeah, then he's just like, I need your blood. Right, right. It's like such a yeah. It was yeah. really, really quick. Um, Again, it feels like there's a scene missing. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that those scenes were great where they were feeling when well, because I guess um, Shinzon already knew the plan, but uh, right. well, Picard was feeling him out. You know, right. and like wanting to go with his gut that like right. wanted peace. Right. But I really liked how he he was able to um you know be very careful. You know, he said um when he was in the Romulan Senate, he said like Starfleet captain standing in the Romulan Senate, like nothing better represents the possibility of peace than this. I'd like nothing more than to take your hand in freedom. So you but know what that you have to earn my you trust. Know, you know what I liked about that moment? I like I did like that moment when Picard was standing standing in the middle of the Romulan Senate, thinking like this would never happen. It sort of reminds me of like, you know, Americans going to North Korea and like, imagine us being allies and just standing in the middle of Pyongyang or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. Sort or of when, joining together. and Even when, yeah. um, you know, Reagan and, uh, what's his name? Gorbachev. Gorbachev had yeah. meetings and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And it was very surprising. I will say though, because <laughs> that reminds me, the beginning of the movie really makes me laugh because I love when they're in the Romulan Senate and, like, she leaves that trap that... Sit, and she just leaves it sitting right there. Like, it's so obvious. Like, what's... Nobody else has anything on their tables and yet she's <laughs> the only one with that device. Oh, uh, yeah. And she just leaves it there. <laughs> like, she makes no attempt to, like, try to conceal... I mean, granted, it kills everybody, so it doesn't even matter at that point, but, like, no secret is made as to who's responsible for it. And, and like, nobody's, like... What's that you got over there, Senator, in front of you? What's that thing? Yeah, I wonder if um, 
That was just, well, you had to make it really obvious so the, the audience can tell something is being left there. But it was it was too obvious. Like, it yeah. was just, you could have just had establ- an establishing shot of her slipping something under the table or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So you never pocket. Like, like, when they, in those cop movies, when they bug a, when they bug a oh, hotel yeah. room, they, you know, just they... do a nice close-up on yeah. the under the table. Come on, man. Yeah. I should be making movies, for God's sakes. Uh, what would be a fun thing is the, the ion storm that prevents them from transporting. <laughs> Classic. Yep. It's always an eye on the storm. It, yeah, or, um, yeah. What other kind of Because well, you know what happens? And it's established in Trek that if you beam through an ion storm, you get sent over to the mirror universe. Okay. As established by Mirror Mirror and uh, Undiscovered. Do they know that? I, I don't know. Okay. Because they could use that. Well, they don't transport, though. So they must. Yeah. Well, they know something bad. How cool would that have been if, like, middle of the movie just shifts and they end up in the mirror universe? Oh, my God. Yeah. Which apparently was one of the ideas they were floating around for this movie. Oh, was having them... Oh, fantastic. Oh. Because Next Gen never went to the mirror universe. Right. Just in the comics. And what, they could have had a... Um, what, Shinzon would have been... Yeah. Picard, and Picard would have been Shinzon. That would have been, been cool. That would have been wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, there was a real uh, Death Star feel to Shinzon's area. That big window. Looks like the Empire. Oh, yeah, the throne room. I yeah, it looked I a lot even, like the throne room. I didn't even think of that. You know what scene in this movie I just I do not like at all? But, is when um, Picard and Data take take that shuttle. Oh, and the they're halls. flying it through the hall. It's like... <laughs> yeah, that was goofy. It's so stupid. It was better than the dune buggy, but... It yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Nobody ever speaks of those scenes in the same breath. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but well, no, but so one of the things I didn't like about the film was the action sequences were really boring. I thought, yeah, um, and the there, fights were boring. There was something about it that felt very like tra- <laughs> up to that point. Like it was always fun to watch Trek. Like you know, during battles, the ship gets shot, and then like the console sparks come flying out of the consoles and stuff like that. But there was something about it in this movie that just felt extra cheap. And I think it kind of ties into me saying it just felt tired. There was something about it that just looked very yeah, cheap. Your heart and, wasn't in the shaking from side to side anymore. No, like, it just, I, I don't know what, I, it's really, it's really, really hard to explain. But, like, you know, Voyager does it, and it still looks fine. But yeah. for some reason, when they did it on Nemesis, it just, it just looks cheap. I don't yeah. know, I don't know what it is. I think it's because, like, the, sh- you know what it is? There are a couple of moments where the, so the bridge set was on a gimbal, so they didn't have to fake shake, and they actually shook the set. Okay. And I think there were moments like when the set would shake, but the camera was like a second behind or point. So like it, it I don't know something about it just didn't look right. It looked fake. Mm, yeah. I, I can't explain it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have liked to see more scenes of like Picard having dinner with Shinzo. I mean, I thought that's when the movie was at its best when there were people talking. Right. <laughs> Which. I don't always think. Well, it's the and best Picard way to was do it. a and Picard by nature is a dip, is a diplomat, right? And then he's had many, you know, he's had diplomatic moments with Romulans. I mean, there's been there was an alternate reality episode where he was, um, which took place in the future imperfect, where he was, you know, meeting with the Romulans, and so you know, unif- the episode unification. So there were, there was definitely these romulan connections with picard and so it was cool to see him standing in the senate granted it was under these sort of false pretenses but right yeah 
Yeah, it meant and, a little something. And you know, Picard, uh, Patrick Stewart is a fantastic actor. Yeah, and when he's running around. He's not an action guy. I'm sorry. No, he's not an action guy. Yeah. I mean, well, he does despite he, first contact, where he, was he does great. it fine in first contact. Yeah, you know, he's fine at it, but it's just he's got the purple tank top and engineering with the combat. And he's, big, he's clearly with biceps were. Oh yeah, he was uh, he, he was, was ripped. Was in that, he was ripped in he's that. In that he's always looking good, but he was looking yeah. really good. He ripped off the uh, Borg Queen's spine after the. Uh, <laughs> that was cool. He ate her heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, it felt like. He, those scenes like were so good with that tension and he's feeling him out and he's asking him these questions and then he reveals a little bit about himself by telling the story of being younger. Yeah. And those scenes were so good. Right. And then I have to watch him flying a ship down a hall and right. all this dumb stuff. And I just right. wanted more of the, the one-on-one. And plus it was such an interesting character, the uh, Shinzon. He was. That, but I felt like they didn't explore enough of Picard's mixed feelings about the whole thing. They didn't, and as I said, I think the mo- the movie starts off really well and really compelling, and then it just takes this yes. nosedive into like mindless, stupid, terrible action. Yes, and I and I expected so much more. I'm like, well, yeah. Picard's going to now have to deal with the fact that he's staring at his younger self, right? And I only really felt that in that those first scenes together, and then right. I didn't really. I think it. I think it all kind of goes downhill when. Um, Shinzon beams Picard aboard. Yeah. And he's blood. like, what am I doing here? And he says, I was lonely. I need your blood. And he right. became pure villainy. And you're like, what? I mean, I think that there's a scene prior to that establishing his sort of villainous motivation. Yes. But, but even then, like, it's still... Again, it's like what I said a few minutes ago. Me, the viewer, who's not seen this film yet, knows that Shinzon is going to be the villain of the movie. Right. But for the first 25 minutes, it doesn't seem that way. And it's like, well, what's going to cause him to suddenly become... Is he the villain? And then, yeah. And then he is. Just and then he is, just because they need a bad guy. Right. Yeah. And then it only does... Um, they start to go down the road again later when Picard says... He says, um, says to him, uh, I'm a mirror for you, too. Yeah. You know, you look at me... You think that I'm supposed to see my own villainy in you. Right. But you gonna see your own goodness in me but they barely go down that road right he did i thought there was gonna be one of those almost like a redemption story right to say that um, but the thing is like even though shinzon is the villain he's this clone of picard and stuff so it's meant to be compelling there's that personal connection shinzon's motivations end up being no different than every other trek villain we've seen in the movies like right. oh we're gonna destroy the federation yeah he and we know they're not gonna be successful yeah he only allows himself to get distracted by Picard. Well, well he's like to be alive. He was gonna destroy the Federation, but even then you're watching this and you're saying Why? For what though? Yeah. So okay, so here's something where you can fill me in. So yeah. have we met the Remans before? We have not. Okay. Yeah. But have we known about the Remans before? Or is this all new for this? Um I I don't remember if we've heard them by name, but we know the planet Romulus and Remus. Okay, so you but we kind didn't of, know that there were people So you there kind of assume, were... like, Remans are, like, you know, from Remus, but, well, like... we didn't think about all this. I didn't think... I don't think anybody thought the... They were lower class and all that. No. Now, is it the Romulans' fault that the Remans live a shitty life? Well, so they establish in this movie that the Remans... We don't see it, but they were used as frontline troops during the Dominion War. Okay. But this is the first time we actually 
see them. I don't think... Why do they mine in deep, dark places? Because the Remans live on the... Because they're evil, man. That's why. (laughs) Yeah. But I was just trying to tell, like, is is he mad at the Romulans because the Romulans enslave the Remans? It didn't seem to establish that. And it it got me like, how did you build this big, black, spiky ship without anybody anybody seeing it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, Um, so then, if I didn't get that, and then why does he hate the Federation? It's not their fault either. Right. Why is he? They didn't even know about him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I didn't fully get it. Other than I wanted to show the Earth. Right. Um, Yeah, it could have been so. Like, let's say, let's say, right? Instead of having Picard just be this slight distraction for him from his main mission, he needs his blood, but then he's sort of intrigued by him. Like, what if he just turned the whole operation into, like, no, I need to, whatever, with Picard, reunite with him, or yeah. turn him to our side, or something. Right. That would have been much more interesting than just, like, oh, now I just have to kill they, him and what, take his body. How cool would, I mean, how cool would it have been if they had a scene? Because Beverly sets up the fact that Shinzon was genetically engineered to age quickly so that he could eventually replace Picard, like... Oh, How cool going. was it? Like if we had had a scene where like Picard versus Picard, <laughs> or Stewart versus Stewart? Well, not he could have aged. Maybe, like well, imagine in in the end, yes. Yeah. But like, what if you had had a scene where when Shinzon captures, we have a dog in here. If anybody can hear that, <laughs> um, if when Shinzon captures Picard, he takes his blood. Now he has aged rapidly to look like, and he goes back to the Enterprise, pretending to be Just posing like the original plan. Was. Yes, oh, that been like great. if they had carried out the actual plan. Yes, and and that he and gave, like and it'd be a case of like we the audience know that's not him, yes. but the crew doesn't know that that's him. Right, and uh, communications are jammed, so Picard's on the other ship with data. They and you could have been, and you could have maybe done something similar with before. Yeah. Like, you could have had Picard well, and they Data. Did you know what's cool? It's because the way they did it with Data was pretending to be before. Yes. So they could have had it reversed. Yes, exactly. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, and then and then that would have culminated to a... How cool would have culminated to a fight of maybe, like, Patrick's two, Picard versus Picard, but then also Data, data versus Data. Like, it could, oh, they could have yeah, been yeah. happening at the same time. Yeah, they could have... Or, like, Picard was fighting Data. That's not like Data clone. An original then, series kind of thing. Well, like, imagine, imagine, like, that fight scene in the end, right? Like... Picard is fighting the evil Data, and the good Data is fighting the evil Picard, like, at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. On two yeah. different ships. On two different ships. That'd yeah. be wonderful. That would have been really, really cool. Yeah. I thought. That would have been think. nice. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask really quick, off to the side, what what were your thoughts on Janeway making that brief appearance? Eh. No. It seemed fine. Didn't do anything for you? No, it didn't do anything for you. That's that. That's going to be our way of acknowledging the 25th anniversary of. Uh, there we go. Voyager acknowledged. <laughs> you know what did do something for me though. Yeah. When Beverly shows up at Picard's door and he says, "Beverly, come in." I like that. Um. Yeah. So he was so happy. Well, they were drinking Chateau Picard in the end too. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a direct link. Yeah. So, um, totally watchable film. Yep. Could have been much better. It's could have been much better. It has its problems, though. Like it's not. It yeah. could. It could have been so much. It could have been so much more. I think. And it, they have so many elements. Yeah. That could have been explored more. Work. Right. But they're definitely going to be building upon this in Picard. Well, that's what I wonder. Um, so, if we have these storylines that were supposed to be finished in a sequel, 
Yeah. Will those be dealt with at all? Well, I mean, we've seen some of it in the trailer. So there's that scene where they pull open a drawer. Excuse me, drawer for those wow, people. Your Boston for those showing. people who are not from the region. They open up a drawer. 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 I'm sorry. Drawer. I'll just drop my eyes because I, 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 I don't know. You drop your draws. No. <laughs> I conceal my accent. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know why, so I'm just going to say fuck it. Okay, you're all going to have to deal with my Boston accent now. No, they open, up a, they open up a draw and there are pieces of what looked like data, but it's before because data was incinerated. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know. Was he wearing an orange jumpsuit? That's how we know. He was. Okay. Yeah. In the Picard? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. The point is, Data did not survive the... Exp- Data was incinerated in the explosion right. before it was still aboard the Enterprise. So. But if they were going to bring him back in another film, maybe that happened off screen. Probably yeah, not. and while we're at it, why Arium's floating out there in space someplace. Let's bring her back, too. She can marry Data. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. and the, So, it's reasonable to assume that's before. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Um, why would they dismantle before? That... I don't know. Let's find out on the show. We'll you know what it. I hope? I think I mentioned this before, but I hope that guy who wanted to you dismantle... You mentioned it before? I did. Yeah. The guy who wanted to dismantle Data in Measure of a Man? Yeah. Maybe see, they let him dismantle before. I wonder I want to see him. That. I bet we will see him. So, okay. So, really quickly, there was something... So, when we reviewed the short tracks last week, there was something I didn't... There was something that occurred to me since then. Okay. So, in that scene where they're attacking Earth... or the, Not attacking Earth. They're attacking Mars... And it says synth attacks. Synth attack? Synth? On the, like on S-Y-N-T-H? The yeah. Synthetic. What are synths? Synthetic. Oh. And there's that scene where you see what looks to be a bunch of androids on some kind of like assembly line in that trailer. So. Oh. So somebody started making uh, B4. Data. B4 could have been disassembled. Like, what do you call it? Dude, I will... I, w- I would be so happy if it was if it was uh, Maddox from Measure of a Man. I'd be so happy if that was, if he was in there. And, <laughs> and look, I people like to think that this new era of Trek ignores. They're really good about these Easter eggs, and I would not be surprised if they yeah if they brought that back. Maybe they uh, repealed the Accords of Cumberland. Yeah, maybe. Um, but. I would not put it past them to do that. I think that would be real. I think it'd be really sweet if they did that. Yeah. yeah, but what wouldn't be that sweet is if we have a droid army. So it seems like it seems like androids attacked Utopia Planitia. Okay, yeah. I just hope we don't, we don't in the show. I hope we don't deal with a droid army. But like, I gotta tell you, Starfleet is not good with AI at all. <laughs> Data was the... Yeah, they didn't make right. Data. That's why they trained them, but they didn't make them. So you think maybe they're trying and they failed? To make more? And then they turned on them? Oh, man. That, I don't know if I like that, but yeah, it could be. Yeah. Do you think at one point somebody's going to say, like, if that ends up being the case, they're going to be like, you couldn't even get Section 31's... Like, we, we messed up on Control 100 years ago, and now we can't even... Yeah, I hope. Yeah. I hope. We'll keep learning a lesson with there would definitely be There would definitely be the context for that. Yeah. I think. And then somebody can say, just beam it into the future, and then they'll be arrested. <laughs> nope. Nope, but it's like oh, law. my God. Like, imagine that. If they'd thrown control into the future and they threw it into Picard's time, and now that's what they're dealing with. Oh, I hope not. 
I don't want to see control ever again. Well, they can't because we won't because it's been apparently defeated. But now they took it with them and not is in the future. But that's a conversation we've Maybe had. Maybe going to reassemble itself. That's a conversation we've had about Terminator fi- style. <laughs> but that's a conversation we've had about five million times yeah, at this yeah. point. But it's um, worthy discussion. Yeah, I would be really, really happy if that was Bruce Maddox. But, um, but yeah, there's the Romulan connection. With the fallout from them, with the destruction of Romulus, but also don't forget, like Romulus was destroyed in the first Abrams film. Yes, in the scenes that took place in the prime timeline in the twenty fourth century, Spock yes. is trying to save Romulus from the supernova. Right, and but we know that peace has been established, or at least the, the seeds of it, right, with this situation. Well, and see, and that's what I'm curious about because at the end of Nemesis. Remember Riker says to Picard, apparently the Romulans are interested in talking. Yeah, and he said, you've made a friend in the Romulan Empire today. And, she, and by the way, she was fucking awesome. I loved Commander Denatra. Yes, I agree. She was awesome. She was great, yeah. Um, so it, I'd be interested to see, I'd be interested to see what, what came of some of those threads if they end up revisiting them at all. Because um, if you read the Countdown comics, there are some Romulans who are not too thrilled of the idea. Like, they established in the Picard Countdown comics, which we'll go into more detail, too, at some point. Um, but the Romulans are still being very secretive about things. So not full peace. Like, they establish in this, in, this, in this comic that... So, the Federation is building these evacuation ships to evacuate Romulans. And it's established in Picard's log entry that the Romulans are only accepting our help is, be- is because we overheard it we overheard that there was some that there was a supernova over subspace communication. So, uh, in other words, the Romans did not were not planning on telling Starfleet about okay. it at all. So it did not actually usher in a new age of peace. Yeah, at least from what we have seen. Yeah. Um, I don't think the countdown comics to the first Abrams film goes into any of that either. Right. And what are these? I mean, we're going to talk about comics more, so we'll deal with that yeah. later. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, because now that I think of it, we should actually factor that comic in as well. The countdown, the Abrams countdown comic. Oh yeah, good um, point. Good point. Um, because it's focused solely on the in the twenty fourth century, so and everything that happens beforehand. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, there's one other. So one other storyline that I thought was interesting. Well, it, two things. So one, we we've uh, we've talked a lot about how Trek is um, liberal and progressive. Yes. And there's no way around it. Yep. So it is well, interesting that at the beginning, Data says, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and transgender species. Yep. And now he says species, assuming that what it really means is just, you know, species that don't have gender, but yeah. still, it's one of those things. So, and this is what, 2002? 2002, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. saying ladies, gentlemen, and transgenders yeah. is, uh, you know. Nice to see um, Guinan there, too. Oh, yeah. Because we hadn't seen it. She didn't have anything to do either. Well, so apparently that wedding scene was supposed to... It was meant to be sort of a symphony of... They meant they were going to bring back more people from Next Generation in that scene. Um, oh, okay. I'd kind of wished Loxana Troy had been there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that made she sense. wasn't there. But I think if they were going to... The, she would be at the naked ceremony. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You got some nice um, comic relief <laughs> from the naked war. Which Worf Sorry, is always comic. Sorry, this is funny. She went at the naked ceremony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just sounds so dumb. So yeah, but you know, I mean, Worf I has know. a major problem with I, having I to get naked. So that's a good one. Worf. It's, just, it's just the way you said it. It's just like it was so nonchalant. Oh, she went at the the naked ceremony. So Worf, 
Doesn't want to get naked. That's a fun one from right. Worf. Uh, also, he, when he's there holding his head, the Irving Berlin. That was funny, too. Right. Uh, I think that's it for Worf's humor moments, which he often supplies. I noticed what they did with him in this movie that they didn't do in the other ones, that they electronically lowered his voice to make him sound more alien. That's cool. Yeah. It was cool, but they didn't do it in the other movies. So, all right, what a storyline that I want to talk about is the fact that using a Kylo um, Mm Ren-style mind across the galaxy thing, um, Troy is raped by both... It's Shinzon kind of a and the viceroy who's played by Ron Perlman. Weirdly, that I yes. didn't realize and sort of wasted because it could have been anyone. I feel yeah. Um, so well, I don't think at that time Ron Perlman wasn't well, Ron Perlman. He wasn't Hellboy yeah. yet. Maybe that's right? how he so, became Ron Perlman. Yeah, um, but he has a very distinctive voice. So yeah, so the scene is is shot and written as like an actual rape scene. Yeah, because she's saying no. It's disturbing. Yeah, it's really disturbing. He it's says, kind of a first for Trek, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if consent was always involved with Kirk, but it definitely wasn't true. Well, in The Enemy Within, evil Kirk tries to rape Yeoman Rand. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's the first for next gen. But, so, yeah, so that happens, and it's in the middle of what she's having sex. But it starts off as just the lamest sex scene ever. Like, close up on the candles, and then you pull out, and then he's on top of her. Man, they must have used, like... You know, you know how much wax they must have used on his back? Because it was what, so smooth? You know, what that, you know what I attribute that to? That's, like... That scene, to me, comes off as, like, a a virgin. That's what they think sex is like. That's what, that's what they imagine it being like. I guess it, it can yeah. be like that. Yeah, but it's every sort of, like, cliche of the whole... Yeah. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just... Yeah, I did not it's like, like bad. It. It's like bad porn. Yeah. Or like a... It reminds me of the sex scenes from The Room. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then we get to see... Yeah. So, yeah. that <laughs> happens. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? In my, so, let me show you what's in my notes. In my yeah. notes, before the rape starts, it says, sex scene, gross. You took notes during the sex scene. That's yeah, good. sex yeah. scene, gross. And I wrote Kylo Ray action. So... Yeah, he shows up, and I, I don't. First of all, I, I don't, I don't realize that it's a rape scene because it's just like, oh, this is weird. It's like an illusion. She's getting a flash of him. I, and I didn't know if it was literally happening or yeah. if it was her because she was so traumatized by what happened earlier. She's just having, you know, like flash flashes in her right. mind, but it's not really true. Yeah. So that was weird. But then you get the sense that it is real, and then you see this is some sort of a cross galaxy mm. mind meld thing happening. Right. Um. And it is definitely rape. She's saying, no, stop. And he's saying, he can never know you like I do. Yeah. Um, what did he say? Like, you'll never forget me. I'm, I'm going to be with you forever now. So that was weird. And it clearly you set up... You think she's still going to be haunted by him in uh, Picard? I don't know. Because, because we haven't seen Troy it since It didn't then. seem like... And then... So then he gets back. And goes, the connection is broken. Now, I didn't know if that meant the connection that they were establishing, the, the Viceroy and Shinzon, with her, or if... I think it's the connection between her and Riker, Riker. and he and a few, he and a few during the whole. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. what the hell is that about? And that wasn't explored, really. If I remember correctly, maybe tell me if my timing's off. Does he say that before he appears in front of her? The connection is broken. Or no, after? it's after he shows up it's in after, the rape okay. scene. Yeah, the connection is broken. 
you know, he has somehow interrupted the connection between Troy and Mike. he can't speak. He can't talk to her anymore. Like, I think you could tell like it was taking a lot of energy to d- do that. That's what I'm assuming. And maybe he just couldn't do it right for very long. But I because re- yeah, he's he's got his hands on Shinzon's yes. head on head right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I somehow got the impression, I don't know why it was, that somehow it has some more something to do with Riker and Troy's connection. I don't know, though. So, I don't, know. I don't think they thought that far ahead back then. Eh. In all honesty. But anyway, it takes it through a whole um, cycle, because then later, she uses that connection to know where the ship is, right? And then they're able yes. to attack it. Yeah. And then she gets her moment of, like... I forget what she says, but she says something where like she's getting clearly getting she's sad. It's very satisfied to have this revenge against the person that raped her. And they, they notice even she she say you will remember me. Is that what she says? Yeah, maybe something like that. But yeah. she's even when they say to launch to fire, she's pressing the buttons. Yes, to fire. They're guiding her hand. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting too. Yeah. So there's this whole rape and then revenge story that's in there. What I didn't like about that moment, just from a cinematography point. It got so cliched because they just they dock in the room and they just had the mood lighting across her eyes. I and like are they didn't catch that. Oh, it just it's it just came off as so like Yeah, like so corny to me, but that's a different you know. Yeah. That yeah. I thought that was that was, that was very interesting. And it was you know, they never said the word rape. Right. But that's what it was. Yeah. So um I mean, in a lot of ways, you can always look at Picard's assimilation from the of the Borg from the Borg mm. kind of being a rape too, like just in sort of principle as to what it does to him, yeah, psychologically, right. Um, so, and um, that reminds me of there was a point when um, Shinzon said, uh, uh, "As your Borg friends say, resistance is futile." Yeah, <laughs> what a what a shitty dude. I know <laughs> your Borg friends. Your Borg friend, yeah. <laughs> Wow, he really does know exactly how to get them, you know? What does your Borg friend say? Resistance is futile. What does Um, your Borg friend say? Reverb, distortion. How do you feel in the end about Data sacrificing himself? Did you feel that it was necessary? Did you feel like it made sense? Logical necessary? Yeah. I'm not sure. I didn't think that hard about it. Well, the reason he did that was because that was more Brent Spiner saying, I'm only going to do this movie if I die. That's at least the reports at the time, which is okay. the he same was one thing. Of the writers, that, the same thing that Harrison Ford said, right? In uh, and Nimoy one? said, right? But he was one of the writers, also, but, correct? Um, Spiner. Yeah, he had some story credit. I don't think he was like a full. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was sort of touching go on it because I, I just think that Data's whole arc of wanting to become human sort of was complete at that point because he did the ultimate sacrifice. human thing yes. and sacrificed himself. Yeah. yeah. But um, something about it to me felt kind of forced. Yeah. It, didn't, it felt like it didn't have any emotional weight. I think it was because there was another one of him on the Enterprise, so it just didn't... I don't know. Right. Maybe, I don't think it's that reason, but the point is, for me, it didn't feel like it carried a lot of emotional weight. Spock's felt more heavy. Oh yeah, I think like, it was because like his death was slow. At yeah. least for a few. It was, yeah, like, for forgot a to like, like have those moments together. And Kirk was able to sort of like say goodbye to him. And, yes. Um, Data was just sort of instantaneous. 
Yes. And yeah. then maybe the filmmakers, to the filmmakers' discredit, you know, they did have a Data's little bit... Data's was ripping a Band-Aid off really quickly. Yeah. They did have a moment where people said some things about Data and Remembrance, but it seemed very yeah, short and not that you, impactful. And even then, like, that scene, I wasn't fully buying... Again, it, it, it just felt like... What was that term we used for discovery? The unearned emotional... Yeah, moments. and you like would think that Data's feel... death would be the most earned because we watched him for so many episodes right. and then so many films. I, I think... And yet it wasn't, so that's I, a problem. I think that you could kill Data off. I just don't. I just don't think that yeah. he was killed off. Yeah. Well, and that they should. And, and you know, and that was a mandate of Nicholas Meyer, who directed Wrath of Khan. Like there were people saying, you know, you can't kill Spock, and he says, yeah, you can kill him. You just got to kill him well. Yeah. That's yeah. very good. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but again, that's a subjective term. Some may think that Data died well, and you know, he died fine, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't great, and it should have had more weight given how well loved Data is. But yeah, I felt like there should have been more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah. I do think Brett Spiner deserves a lot of credit for his acting in this one. Just with his body language, you could tell yeah. who it was when it was before, and you know, just yeah, you know, he's great. And for I remember the fans at the time really were calling good. were calling before they were just calling him like Data Rain Man or Rain Man Data or something. <laughs> okay, just like I hate how that became like a label for something that's just you know that's weird. yeah yeah. No, I thought it was great. And then I, even when he was when he was Data pretending to be before, because then yeah. after you look back and like oh that's great that was Data pretending to be before. Yeah. pretty good. At I it. just I think that you and I thought up the best solution for that. Like that's yeah know, that would have been good. That would have been good. Yeah, unfortunately yeah. didn't happen. Um, yeah, and oh, so then almost another theme too is when Data says, uh, talking to Picard, says, I aspire to be better than I am, B4 and Shinzon do not, and that's mm-hmm. why we are different than them. Yeah. And him, his sacrifice was him being better than he was, I guess. So. Right. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. But yeah, right, it, it seems like a the movie definitely opportunity. The movie definitely had those next-gen character moments. I just think that it was... I think it was lacking in terms of its um, action set pieces and just really some of it. I I think for me it's mostly these action set set pieces that didn't make, and some of the motivation didn't really make any sense. Well, I think one of the biggest problems with any it was I felt like I get the sense the film was trying too hard to be to be a Wrath of Khan type of Trek film and like you know. Mm. I think the problem with these action scenes, and there's a problem with many films' action scenes, is that you have... The film is divided where we have talking scenes where we have character moments, and then we have action scenes where we have action. And the characters are not present in the action scenes. Right. That's the problem. Right. When it could be... You could insert... Like, I'm thinking of when Riker was fighting... Was it the Viceroy? Yeah. Yeah, he's fighting the Viceroy. Like... There was that couldn't have been anybody. That could have been Worf. That could have been Jordy. Yeah, and you know, like that was not. There was nothing there saying, telling me that that was Riker. You know, right? Like I want to see the character Riker come w- through somehow. Well, because Riker was not really a action hero at all. So, like, why is he? And he had no. And he didn't have any scenes with the Viceroy. So, like, it didn't. And yeah, the Viceroy was sort of like the Riker equivalent. On, it was like the same level. He was like the shin, he yeah. was like Viceroy's. So see, they almost did what we said, but not as good. Right. We should have been data data. Right. But the interesting thing about this, and it kind of goes, it kind of uh, complements what you were just saying, is that apparently in the script originally, so remember when Riker and the Viceroy were fighting and they fall into that like long, what looks like a long shaft 
It's where he kicks him and the viceroy falls. Oh, yes. Wherever the fuck on the Enterprise that is. <laughs> this great <laughs> chasm. Part um, of the verbalists go. Yeah. Apparently it was scripted that when... You know, because Riker's holding on, the Shin's... Um, Viceroy's holding on to like, Riker's leg, I think, and Riker's yeah. kicking him, and then he eventually was the script. It was kind of like that scene in the end of uh, Search for Spock when Kirk and Kruger are fighting on the planet, and Kirk says, I have had enough. Remember that? Like, he kicks oh, him yeah. a couple times. Um, Riker was meant to do something similar, and his line, the line that they had in the script was Riker saying to him, don't worry, hell is dark. And <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. And, and Jonathan because... Frakes is like, Riker, w- and Jonathan Frakes actually said, Riker would not say this yeah. <laughs> to anybody. Right, nobody would. Maybe and it more. was so, but I think that really kind of crystallized in some ways the issues that the film had was that it at times felt very next gen. Other times it didn't because some scenes were just either not written properly or they were just taken out of the film completely. Yeah. Like there were establishing scenes at the end letting you know, okay, I mean, we knew that Riker was going off to the Titan. Mm-hmm. But there was a scene where it was established that Crusher was leaving the Enterprise to go to Starfleet Medical. Like there was meant yeah. to be these little character scenes that, and that told you they that were theme all of change, right? That told you they were all going their separate ways. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the end of Undiscovered Country, the enter it says the Enterprise is being decommissioned. You knew that they were flying off, and that this was the end. Yeah. Right. So. There wasn't much in this film really establishing that this is right, which is that why the family it, is breaking up, which, which is I, what it should have when been. When I read that there was going to be a sequel where they would continue these story threads, it made so much sense because it didn't right. feel like an ending. Yeah. Where, yeah, I mean, I feel like the ending you can do a couple things. You can do what the original crew did, where you're like all standing together and it's like, yeah, hey, here we are, see you later. Yeah. Or you can do, like you said, the parting. You know. Yeah. Good luck on your commission, number one. Like when when Riker comes in and says goodbye to Picard, like there should have been there should have been moments like that with the rest of the crew. Right? Like I don't think they were all going their separate ways. Like it's I think Jordy was still staying aboard. I don't know if Worf yeah, still was because Data at that was point, gonna be number one, but now there's no data. Well, there's actually a deleted scene where Picard meets his new first officer. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, I gotta go watch Um then, Sorry I didn't prepare well. Do you have the DVDs? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, check them out. Um, you know, it's not established as to whether or not Worf is staying on board, because at that time, Worf was the Federation ambassador to the Klingon homeworld, as established at the end of uh, Deep Space Nine. So, um, and here's the other interesting thing, which you might appreciate, because now, especially given what's going on with Picard... So apparently it was originally written that Seven of Nine was supposed to be at the wedding of Riker and Troy. Oh. And Jerry Ryan turned it down because she's like, Seven has no history with these characters. Why would she even be there? Why would she be there? Yeah. She didn't turn it on this one, one though. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like they're going to establish in the story that there is some... But that's where Janeway yeah. came in. It made more sense for Janeway to be there. But yeah. like Seven, Seven had no relationship with right. the next. But also, crew. as we always say, we don't see every second of these people's lives. No, maybe Troy met her in training. At that point, Voyager. Yeah, we went for a girls' night. <laughs> at that point, Voyager had only been off the air for a year. So, like, you know, it would have been cool if she. I think it would have been cool if at the end of the movie, when the characters went their separate ways. If Seven became one of 
one of the officers on the oh, that would have been great. Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been cool. Or somebody from from Star Trek lore, like yeah, yeah. So that would have been nice. Um, but no, I I think overall it's not a it's not a bad Star Trek movie. It's just not it's not one of the best. I still feel like I, but I do feel like it's an entirely watchable. Oh, totally. I think film. I like it better it's than Insurrection. I think I like it better than Generation. I, I think it's definitely a debate over whether it's what's the stronger film, Insurrection or. Uh, Nemesis, but um, yeah, but I don't think it deserves its um, reputation as a piece of trash. No, I think that destroyed the the franchise or something. Yeah, it it was not it was not well liked at the time that it came out, and I think it and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that you know, okay, this is the last next gen film. Like, where are there autographs on the screen? Like, how come we're not doing that? Like at the yeah, end of why six, you're making or, me like, cry. Damn yeah. you. Um. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they just, you know, the the director, they deleted some of these key scenes to make it seem that way. But also, to me, it didn't feel, nothing about it felt final. And I think the reason why I say that is because I'm comparing it to the previous set of movies. The original series got six movies. This is only the fourth. It's like, come on, guys, you got two more in you. Like, let's... Right. And they ended it, you could tell they were ending it. Yeah. 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 Um, but certainly. But it's debatable. Like that next gen, successful as a TV series, not as successful um, on the movie side. Just with oh. first just with first contact, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, first contact is great. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, there are things, uh, there are parts of this movie that I liked better than first contact. Like the, like the dinner scene. Yeah, like I thought that was better than any one character to character scene in right. First Contact. But even then, like when I go back and you know read things like, "Oh, this movie was trying to be the Wrath of Khan," and you know you have this comparison, you know, as far as I'm concerned, First Contact was their Wrath of Khan because it kind of shares more in common in, in principle. Like, okay, there's a villain coming back from the TV series. There's a yeah. personal connection with Picard. That moment when Picard says the line must be drawn here, like that's his con moment. Yeah. Right? Kirk and and think about it, like that line is parodied all the time now. Mm, within right. the line must be even Quark in first con in DS9 even makes fun of it at one point. Okay. Yeah. He says it to Ron. Um so like that's a that's that movie, that scene in First Contact has this almost the same I wouldn't say it's it's I wouldn't say it's permeated the zeitgeist of pop culture, but at least within the Star Trek yeah. community, like that is sort yeah. of on the same level as Khan. And right? the other thing is that not only is it Khan, but it mixes in um, Star Trek Four also because they're going right. back to Earth, right? And they go back to Earth in the past, right? So you get all those fun things of fish out of water stuff, and they don't right. understand what's going on, and drinking right. alcohol, and getting like all right. wasted because they don't know about it, right? Um, First so Contact it, has, was a, it was so much going on. It was great. First Contact was a classic piece of Star Trek writing. This, I, yeah, the Nemesis. I almost feel like it was if they had just if they had just gotten like one more draft out of this script, maybe it would have been way better. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, to, to have a, a movie with a film with time travel, 
and have it not be a convoluted shit show right, is right. really But good also understand too that understand too that Nemesis is written by a very high profile screen John Logan. This is a guy who wrote Gladiator. Right. Like that was his cachet at the time. It's like, oh my god, he wrote Gladiator. Like at yeah. that time that was like considered one of the greatest movies ever made. It's like, oh my god, it's gonna be amazing. And it just like it's like and he was a self professed Trek fan and you know, we watched it and we were like, What? Yeah. Yeah, and where is who wrote the other one? Ron Moore and um, Brandon Rutter. No, no, uh, they did. They wrote Generations and First Contact. Michael yeah, Pillar First wrote, Contact. That's what I mean. Michael right. Pillar wrote uh, Insurrection. Yeah, First Contact. Great, and this you know two TV writers wrote it. Right. It's always interesting to me that they, the movies that bring the most success, mm-hmm. they don't stick with the people that did it. At least in Star Trek, anyway. Like. You know, yeah, that's true. Brandon Brockett and Ron Moore wrote First Contact. Why didn't they write the next one? Right. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know why. Had Ron Moore moved on? Well, this is yeah, but this is like this is before. Well, Ron Moore was on at that time. Let me think. Insurrection. He was on. He was doing Deep Space Nine. Okay. Um, but Brandon Brockett was on Voyager. But yeah. the two of them were doing... But the thing is, the two of them were doing DS9 and Voyager even when First Contact came out. They had written... Do you know yeah. they had written... And also, they had written the series finale of Next Generation. They wrote the series finale of Next Generation simultaneously while writing the... Yeah. While writing Generations. Yeah, that is Then, then they go off... Ron Moore goes to Deep Space Nine. Brandon Rod goes to Voyager. Then they come back together and do First Contact. Yeah. Right? They could easily come back together for a lot of movies. Insurrection comes out. D- DS9, they're both still on their respective shows. You know, it could have just been that. I think it was because Michael Pillar had the idea, and so they went with. But um, but then Jonathan Frakes, a proven director, he, you know, he directed First Contact. He directed yeah. Insurrection. I mean, granted, Insurrection was not as successful, but he, di- he, you know, why are you not utilizing the people who have proven that they can make successful Trek. I don't... Why are you handing it off to these people who have never directed Trek and have never written Trek? Like, I don't understand. If Jonathan Frakes had directed Nemesis, like, would it have... I'm convinced it would have been better because he... Because he's in the Trek family, he would have known better than Stuart Baird what to leave out and what to keep in. Yeah, and you can see what the studio was And he would have fine-tuned everything. The studio was thinking, oh, we have this writer... Great film, Gladiator. We have this director who is Oscar-nominated director. He's, well, and he's more known for he's more known for his um, Stuart Baird's more known for his editing, than right? His directing. But, you know, but still even so, Oscar-nominated. Yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can I can see what they're thinking. It's on good thinking, but you know how studios are. They probably think like we can, we can. Uh, I was distracted. Sorry. Yeah. I was distracted by a dog walking in circles. Yeah. It's a Will Wheaton Terrier. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think the studio is like, well, we can. I think we should try to get more mileage out of this. Yeah, I mean, this movie's going to be as big as Gladiator. I don't think about that. No, no, that would be strange. No, but um, no, I think I, I think it's a fine Trek film. Like I said, it's not it's not one of my favorites, but um, I would actually say it's one of the Trek films I watched the least. But again, it's not unwatchable. Not at all, as far as I'm concerned. I enjoyed it. So, um, but it, again, at this point, uh, our next recording will be discussing the first episode of... Can you believe it? Picard, yeah. Do you believe in miracles? Just to 
Do you have any, before we wrap up, do you have any expectations for it? What are you hoping you'll see? At least in the first episode. Um, Is it going to be him? I think it's going to be him assembling his ragtag team. No, I think it's, I, I hope that, I hope they don't get there in the first episode. Yeah. I hope it's him, I hope it's his, him, his life now, then, yeah. whatever, in the future. Yeah. But like regular stuff first, him and his dog on the winery, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, I don't know, actually, I want to be surprised. I want to be surprised, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what we're going to get is, it seems like this show is going to be extremely. I mean, yeah, extremely character driven. Like from him, you're gonna you're gonna be seeing Better be. a lot of you're gonna see what's happening to him personally, and um, it's gonna be interesting to see him haunted by these sort of data nightmares, as they were. Hmm. Um, I do want to see the assimilated uh, support groups, assimilated anonymous yeah. AA. Where he's having seven. Uh, I don't think I don't know if we're gonna see seven. I doubt we'll see seven in the first episode. I think he's gonna go to a meeting. They're all gonna stand around and say hello. My name is Picard, and I was assimilated. And I'll go. Welcome. Picard. You know what I was thinking of last night. Um, now that Picard's back and he's gonna have this ragtag team with him, how often are we? How often, if any, if at all, are we gonna get those uh, meetings around a conference table? <laughs> Yeah, or if like, they'll, how or if they'll make a joke about it. Yeah, I just to get him like, like, come around the table. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's honestly what I'm hoping for. Yeah, or I hope, or if he can say like, ah, I spent two episodes with a ragtag bunch of bounty hunters or whatever they were. <laughs> like, how great would it be? Like, I'm all about this. A, I would love it if there's a moment where they just say, "Why are we just met? Why are we meeting again? We just <laughs> met. A few, why are we having another meeting?" Yeah. Or I, I do hope also that... Just I want them to at least poke fun at some of those stuff. For little stuff, things, yeah. like, I think there was one where they showed him say, like, engage, and I want them to be like, what? I want the person, the navigator or whatever, to turn to was like, like, why are you doing what? it? What? Yeah. Engage. Like, what does that mean? Engage? Engage with what? It'd be funny, like, if he, if he says it, like, at the wrong time, like, it's not when the ship's about to go into war, he says it for something else. That's like... <laughs> Or yeah, we'll say like make it so. And then, I like, want them to. Say, yeah, huh? I want them to. So? I want them to poke fun at some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. just for funsies. Yeah, but I don't want it to get all hey, uh, okay, boomery on it either. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it yeah. could easily go down that road. Yeah, hey, but I feel. But I think I feel like we don't they, say make it so anymore. <laughs> what I'm hoping what they treat it as is like Picard's new team or like it's like a young a group of young people who've like say never seen the next generation before and so like he's saying things like engage and just, they don't know what it means or like again right why are we meeting we just met because that was ago. a very yeah. I think I don't think everyone was I don't think every captain was going around saying engage or right. make it so well every captain's at the that they, was a him every thing. every ca- captain on every truck series had their own yes yes you know so they Janeway's know. was do it or get off my ship yeah you know what yeah. else I want to see Pikes I hope was, it's uh, good. Hit it. Is when, like, how does Picard win these people over? Yeah, you know, I want to see like a flash of the Picard that we know to let like a scene where these people get it. Like, well, okay, this is someone we well, can trust. Of, we can well, follow. He can lead us. One of the characters on the show is actually um, 
his first was his first officer in the comics. Okay, that's good. Yeah. In this new series of comics, she was his. Um, she served with him. She was his um, lieutenant commander while he was um, an admiral aboard the Ver- the Federation starship Verity. Got it. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. So she. So one of them was at least in Starfleet. I don't think, based on what's happening on the show, it doesn't seem like she still is. So, I think that um, that third comic, when that comes out on the thirtieth, is going to tell us why that's the case. Um, I think the reason why, as I said, that I think the reason why that comic is not out yet is because I feel like it. It probably feeds into the two episodes that will be available by that point. Right. So it may give stuff away. Yeah, that could yeah. be. Yeah, or I could be totally wrong. I don't or know. the art was late, which is yeah. You see like comics. So they're not on time. But when we have those, when we have that comic, that's when we'll review um, the the countdown comics. Uh, but they're yes. really good. There's supposed to be three of them. They're really they're really good so far. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and then, as I said, I think we should look into the uh, other Countdown comic, which sets up the 24th century story side yes. of things for the 2009... Yeah, maybe we can do all those next time, or at some point. Yeah. So, after the first episode. Wait until, um, wait until um, issue number three. So. Yes, and then, and then we'll, we can get find the... We can just do a dedicated episode to comics the... Comics uh, only. Comics, but, but also don't forget that these comics now are... Act- that it is canon, even though this, that stuff normally isn't. Right. These are considered canon because they're setting, they're leading into these things. Yeah, giving so. us the background so that we can understand things on a deeper level. Yep. So we'll be coming at you again probably next Saturday where we will right. be discussing the. It comes out on Friday, Picard? Thursday. Thursday? Yeah, that's exciting. It's exciting film. Um, we'll be just, yeah, must see TV, right? We'll be discussing the first episode. I'll be curious. I don't think they've released the episode titles yet. They normally do that, so I don't know what the name of it is. They released a new clip. Yeah, I've, I've stayed away from all that. Yeah. I haven't... I've stayed away from all of okay. it. So, um... Yeah. Oh, well, at one point maybe we could do... Um, check out some of the... Because Picard... Picard. Cedric Stewart's been good, making the rounds on all the... You know, so we wanna get talk him on, shows We want to get him on the show? No. <laughs> no, we could assemble some... Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, actually, it would be... I think it would be it would work out okay because I would want to talk to him about his Macbeth for a while and he probably would appreciate that. Yes, because I used to, when I taught Macbeth, we would watch the Picard version. The Cap- Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I keep saying it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. What were you gonna say? Oh, about- like we could get like you know uh, clips of him like when he says interesting stuff on different just shows. Just disperse maybe. it throughout the yeah. Uh, and talk about what he's saying. Perhaps. Yeah. So you're gonna make me just edit. You're gonna make me do editing. Uh, I, I got it. I got it. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Okay, well, right. we will see everybody next week. And uh, tweet us at. Uh, shit, what's it called? Star Trek We Trust? I don't, remember if, I don't know. I don't remember if the Twitter handle was in Star Trek We Trust or just Star Trek We Trust. It's one of the two. Um, Alright, see everybody next week. Bye. Nothing but blue stars.